Hey, it's news from heaven. The Bible can blind you if you use it wrong. You might be saying right now, hey man, what you say? But the Bible's good. The Bible is great. You know, unless you don't think it's great, but a lot of people think it's great. So, hey, how are you going to say it's not good and it can be harmful to you? Everything that's good can be harmful if misapplied. I know, because when you have a particular health condition, stuff that's good for other people is not good for you. Onions can be healthy, but if you're having uh, acid reflux, they are not good. It's all about state, so things that can be very good, depending on our state, can be helpful or harmful to us. Even the Bible. Even the Bible. It's not just like, just read your Bible, read your Bible. It can cause harm if we've got the wrong stuff in our heart going into it. And getting the right stuff in our heart, anytime we learn about that, that's worth price of admission because what we are trying to do here is sort out the heart and the mind. I mean, that's what all this is because how do you like your mind right now? How do you like your, your outlook? It's it's a problem, isn't it? I mean, life is tough. We get all kinds of worries and fears and anxieties and negative motives and antisocial things, but we know there's something better out there. We know that there is, that you've seen it in life just in how you feel and interact. At times, you break through the clouds and, oh, this is great. And we know that there's something greater, there's higher power out there. How can we get that to be the one populating what's inside of us? A lot of people go to the Bible. Here's a handy couple of tips on how to go to the Bible and a fascinating insight into what really matters in life. So this is from Secrets of Heaven, 9382. You can acquire this book and follow along if you'd like. I must also explain briefly here how enlightenment and instruction from the word work. Word is the term Swedenborg uses. I don't know if he ever uses the term Bible, but that's what he means. Although, as as soon as I say that, sure, the word is the Bible, but that's the current form, is the Bible. He actually says, you go back in time, there was what he calls the ancient word. So this was the same kind of, look, man, it's all, there's, there, the word, Jesus is the word, right? The word is the divine truth, right? The word is, is what really is. This is this thing that's really, really cool. And it takes whatever form is necessary, whatever form we need to have here to currently serve the human race in a particular way, right? But this, this same truth that's currently locked up in the correspondences of the Bible, there was used to be a different text that Swedenborg said performed that function. And before that, you know, you keep on going back, it was, uh, oh, how am I going to draw? Yeah, here we go. It was nature. It's a good thing I took my time to get my green pen. It was the natural world, right? The correspondences of it, the things we saw around us got the, us the same, it was the same truth trying to come through there, okay? So we're talking about the Word, He's but he's talking about the Bible right now, but there's more to it. The Bible is this connected to this greater truth, which makes sense if you're going to talk about God reaching us universally. That said, what, so what, how do you study, since the Bible is here, and Swedenborg says is supremely important, and can be a really useful tool. How do you study the Bible effectively? I'm assuming he's going to recommend a couple of theological schools. Let's see what he says. What determines the way we are enlightened and informed by the Word is our emotional response to truth. The intensity of our longing for it and our ability to accept it. 
ability to accept it. Okay, but these ones here, in a million years, would you ever have thought that? These are, if you're talking about, you know, intellect and volition, volition and discernment, what mind and heart, you'd think whether or not we understand the Bible is a mind thing, right? But here, he's saying that the key, what's in your heart? What's in your heart? That, that's what's going to determine whether or not this truth here can make it through into you. Because the Bible is just words. And if you have the wrong stuff in, there, in your heart, in your, you can complete, it can sail right by you, what it really is. And as we're going to see, it can actually cause problems. If we are enlightened... Our inner self is bathed in the light of heaven because heaven's light is what illuminates religious truth and goodness for a person. Just like I drew already. And it's important to note that religious truth is not self-evident. Religious truth needs to be illuminated. Oh yeah, right, same color. That The concept is there, but you don't really get it. And this is the same way that all truth works. You can... I feel like the only analogy I can ever think of is basketball. So I'll do it again. They can, you can read a little thing on, to, to dribble, figure one, to dribble a ball, the player pushes his hand up and down, his or her hand up and down as the ball. And then, okay, you can read that, but you have to go and experience it to really get it and start to get the rhythms of it and everything like that. So you have to have this uh, illumination. So that example can apply across all things. The religious truth needs to be illuminated. It doesn't just stand, like I just, I read it, there it is right there. We have to agree on it. You, you can't necessarily say you get the feel of dribbling if you never, if you haven't dribbled. And goodness for a person. So religious truth and religious goodness, which would be the actions coming out of that. So heaven's light has got to illuminate that. When we have this kind of enlightenment, we understand the word according to its inner depths. So we create a theology for ourselves out of the word and use the literal meaning to illustrate that theology. The text of the Bible is a very difficult thing to say, well, I'm going to live my life by the Bible. Okay, go ahead. So what are you going to do when, there's a, when it rains? Gather two of every animal? There's a lot of stuff in there. Or, or how are you going to live those, the genealogy passages where it's so-and-so begat, 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 begat. What is it, what's it talking about and how is it used? So if there are within it, if there is within it this inner, these inner truths, right? We have to, based on a conversation that happens between us and the Lord, you know, you've got God yeah, we're the same size as God, I guess. There's a little connection here that the God is slipping little truths into your heart and mind that only you, that you get in a particular way. This is the direct connection. This is the sun coming in. God is populating us with these little bits of it. And as we absorb truths, let's say this is the Bible. Let's say that's what we're going to, right? As we absorb these truths or, you know, factually in our mind. I guess we've got to make them not the color of negativity, right? As we absorb these things factually in our mind, 
God is marrying those to bits of goodness and to sort of inner truth. And from there, we're creating what Swedenborg describes here as we, we have an inner theology. This is like what you really get. Let's make it the same colors as the truths. This is what you really get. Yeah, there's your faith. This is what you really get, you really understand. And this is what's really helping you. So we have a theology in there for ourselves. And we use the literal meaning to illustrate this. So you've got a code of life in here. And you point that out to, yeah, isn't that just like what Jesus did or said? Or isn't that just like what Noah, what happened with Noah? But nobody can live their life by the actual literal stories. Because the literal stories are stories about other people a long time ago. You can try to pull little lessons out of there. But this is a, a function of this connection here. However, if we are unmoved by beneficial truth and therefore have no desire to grow in wisdom, we are more blind than enlightened. There's the word blinding us when reading the word because we do not have the use of heaven's light. And look at what the qualifications are. It's not that if we're unmoved by truth. It's about beneficial truth truth that can help and no desire to grow in wisdom and Swedenborg is clear in many places that wisdom is application to life so it's not about I want to go in there and really understand this well so I can crush it at the debates this is about applying to life we do not have use of heaven's light heaven's light only is a pl only is rationed out to intent to help. By the light of the material world, worldly light as it is called, the only kinds of ideas we see are those that conform with a worldly viewpoint. So the illusions to which the outer senses fall prey lead us to seize on falsities which look true to us. So actually, you can be reading the Bible and be inundating yourself with falsities. Fascinating. So even there, it's not just like, gosh, if we just had everybody reading the Bible all the time. And I'm sitting here saying the Bible isn't part of this really important chain. It's 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 like, you know, Swedenborg spends most of his theological writings explaining the inner depths of the Bible. So it's got a lot of value. It's got it's one of the most valuable things that exists, right? But yet can be problem problematic and it's the emotional side. If we don't have the love of the human race in our hearts when we go into that text, it can make us worse. And don't act like we haven't seen that happen with people, where it seems like their religious principles have made them less loving to the rest of the human race. Most people of this type do not create a theology for themselves from the word, but stick to the literal meaning, which they use to support false thinking, especially the kind, oh, that is what? That is compatible with self-love and materialism. These are the two enemies of the human race. Self-love, meaning love of your own eminence and power over others. Materialism speaks for itself. So when you'll see biblical religions or any religions coming out with these teachings and, and cultures that seem to make people more tribal and more superficial, 
That's because you can pull, you can be looking through there with this kind of thinking that is compatible with self-love and materialism. Self-love and materialism is the devil inside you. That's how Sweden, Swedenborg says that literally. There's the devil inside you. Not, not that that's a literal devil person. Okay, I said it's literally, but but that is what the essence of the devil is. It's self-love and materialism as it occurs in any person. So the devil doesn't mind you having religion of any kind. I, we're talking about the Bible here. Done your, your spiritual practice, whatever it is, the devil is not worried about you having that as long as the code of life that you pull out of that is compatible with self-love and materialism. It's compatible with this sense that I'm in some way superior to other people and that I can gratify my urges and justify not all of them. There's some I don't even want, so I'll say, yeah, that's evil, but the things I want, I justify and often justify through that. That is something that, okay, go ahead, get, get all the religion you want as long as you don't mess with us, with, with self-love and materialism. The rest merely confirm the teachings of their own religion neither knowing nor caring whether those teachings are true or false. Oh, so it's not enough to just follow. You've got to really be looking. What's really true? For a discussion of such people, go ahead. We've got a lot more places to talk about them. You're welcome to check it out. This indicates who the people are who gain light from the word and who the people are who are blind. The people who gain light are those with heavenly kinds of love. Again, it's love. Because such love embraces heavenly truth, soaks it up like a sponge and spontaneously unites it, unites with it like soul and body. The people who are blind, on the other hand, are those with worldly kinds of love because such love embraces falsity, soaks it up like a sponge and spontaneously unites with it. Goodness and truth harmonize and so conversely do evil and falsity. The union of evil and falsity is therefore called the hellish marriage, which is hell itself, and the union of goodness and truth is called the heavenly marriage, which is heaven itself. So, the truth is, you got the Bible. You got the literal sense of the Bible in front of you. How many books will I draw? How many stick people? You can't, there's no answer to that question. So you have the, the literal text of the Bible. And you got us looking in. The actual, with anything that's word-based, there are the words and then there are the ideas that occur to you based on the word. I mean, that's just what the experience of reading something is. So we've got the words there, but there are, behind those words, there are truths. Like there are true ideas we can get when those words enter our consciousness. And then there are false ideas enter our consciousness. And really, it's not even our mind that reaches out there. It is our heart. So what, what we want when we go to the Bible is what seeps into it and then moves into this field of ideas, right? As these concepts occur, I don't know if this is exactly the right schematic for it, but I think you'll get the point. This right here is what, when we're in here, soaks up either falsities or truths, depending on what kind of love it is. So if it's a, if it's an evil love, it'll just get in there and just, these things are like, uh, perfect companions to it while it's, it's got mismatched magnets to these blue circles. Or if it's the reverse, 
it also goes up. So you can see how helpless we are to our right or wrong interpretations. The mind is not going to get us out of that. The heart is what's doing that. The reason the word is the source of enlightenment and instruction is this. At its source, the word consists in divine truth itself radiating from the Lord. You remember that song I drew? Told you. As it descends into the world, it adapts to all the heavens. This is why people on earth who possess heavenly love are united with heaven through the word when they read it, even through heaven with the Lord, and through heaven with the Lord. Enlightenment and instruction result. So when I was drawing this picture, we've got this sun going down into the Bible, into the human race. But really, there's heavens here. There's divine truth. There's all these heavens as well. And they've got their own version of the word in those heavens. So it's, it's already come through here and we get to be part of this chain if we have the same love in our hearts that heaven does. If not, we, can, we commune more with hell. Not so when people on earth who possess a worldly kind of love read the word. They form no bond with heaven, so they do not receive enlightenment or instruction. For the idea that the word is what unites heaven and the world is one, and consequently the Lord and the human race is one, see these numbers. Anticlimactic, ended on a technicality and on a downer about the people who don't, don't read it right and don't have it. Well, the good news is all of us have been those people, whether whether you've read the Bible or not, when you're going towards your sense of instruction, when you're approaching life, you may have had this sense, I want to do this to help people, or I don't. We can all make that switch. We can say, look, I want to do what's good. I want to love people. I want to change myself. I want to get out there and be the kind of person that I'm glad that other people are when they help me, when I can trust them. So if we do that, we can wade into this really intense text of the Bible and connect right through it to this divine truth. And it can become this thing that's really useful. If you have had trouble getting any kind of harmony with the Bible, maybe that equips you. You think, all right, when I open these pages, I'm not here, I'm not here to sort of find out what's, does God love people or not? Love is good. How is this, I have confidence that this is showing me love. Okay, where is it? And, you know, Jesus is already saying the whole word hangs on love God and love the neighbor, right? So you we're not just making that up. So how can we get in there, find that love of God and love of the neighbor, get that personal theology, have that be the thing that connects us with heaven, and the next person that you hang out with is going to say, man, I'm so glad I hang out with them. It's like I was hanging out with a little heavenly person. <laughs> That's the news from heaven. Did I already say that? That's the news from heaven. It's the news from heaven. Thank you for watching. This has been super fun. I love getting to dig farther into this stuff with you. Hope you enjoyed it as well. If you're enjoying our this program or the channel, please go to otle.cosvox.com. We're a not-for-profit. If you do that, we continue. If you don't do that, we die. Not to make it sound dramatic. Thanks so much. Hope that you take this idea of the, the love driving the connection with the word out into the world. Use that to approach the Bible, approach other things in life, and uh, let that yellow light that I drew shine in. See ya.